Welcome to She's a 10 times 5. You got it. That's the big 5-0. Listen along as we try to figure out our what's next as we venture into this new age of reinvention. Through relatable topics, real-life stories, and inspiring guests, join us on our journey of growth and laughter. Hey, I'm Lori, former Army Airborne Captain, but don't let that fool you. I'm the loose cannon. And I'm Lisa, a girl's girl who loves sugar, but watch out for that spice. Let's do this. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to She's a 10 Times 5. Hey, Lori. Hi, Lisa. We're in Studio 50 today. Well, we usually are, but once in a while we venture out. But I'm excited. I can't wait. This is a topic that we're covering today that I think couldn't be more perfect for She's a 10 Times 5. I 100% agree. And before we hit record, we talked about this as we Mm -hmm. actually personally have a small handful of friends that we've known for a very long time that are coming out of long-term relationships Mm -hmm. and are struggling with how do I make the most of my second chapter? So this is going to be a rad, rad interview with, by the way, a super hot Amazing. Yes. <laughs> Pioneering gas, which yes. we, we had a hard time, April, getting you to the. It's finally happening. Yeah. We've, I know. I know. It's a busy Thank gal. you for your patience. Yeah, yes. of course. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> okay, without further ado, I am going to give our guest, because she's got a, an incredible bio. Mm-hmm. And when I say she's stunning, she, she really is. I mean, um, I guess you have to be when you're a, a matchmaker. Okay. <laughs> April Byer, a matchmaker and relationship expert who launched Level, a hybrid of intuitive AI, that's artificial intelligence matching technology, combined with human support to make dating effortless and rewarding again. A pioneer in the personal matchmaking industry, April has been one of the most sought after dating experts for 20 years. Her advice is practical, intuitive, and proven to help singles succeed. Amen. I love that. And I'm thinking she's probably an expert in just love in general and finding love or maintaining love. So us married folk can benefit from this, too, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Well, yeah. I mean, we we always need that side piece, right? Uh, What happened? Okay. April has been (laughs) featured on 2020, the early show, Dr. Phil. One of your guys, right? No? Yeah. Okay. Sure. (laughs) MSNBC and GMA. Welcome. Welcome, April Fire. How are we? I'm great. I'm great. I'm really excited to be here because you guys are so much fun. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. We we try. We, we just banter <laughs> around and fumble yeah. our way through and, and, well, and it all seems to kind of work out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We, Isn't that just like life, ladies? Yes. It is like yes. life. And you know, fun. Let's start with that mm-hmm. because, you know, we kind of teed you up with how we wanted to kind of do this and, and where there's so many facets to dating and matchmaking and relationships, but you have kind of a powerful story of your own and how you got to be in your current relationship and also doing this business that you love so much. So let's start with, tell the audience about April. Where do we begin? Uh, <laughs> well, professionally, Um, I would say that matchmaking brought me to the dance, right? And how I landed in matchmaking was literally just falling into it. And what was interesting is when I started out 22 years ago, (laughs) it was such a good fit. And I was surprised because 
I didn't plan on being a matchmaker. You don't, there's no matchmaking school, or at least there wasn't then, but I was always this insatiably curious girl. In fact, I got thrown out of a high school class one time for asking way too many questions. And I loved that I found this career because it's really just about curiosity. It's about meeting people and being curious about their past and their present and diving into their future. So I really found something that meant something to me, even though this wasn't where I thought it was going to be. And I started out matchmaking at a time that I was single. I was just out there like everybody else. I was in my thirties. I was in long-term relationships. I wasn't married, but finding a date, finding a relationship wasn't my problem because I realized early on, I wasn't actually looking for my husband. I was looking for love. I was looking for companionship, a friendship, uh, somebody to be my person, but it doesn't necessarily mean marriage. I think that's a completely different structure. And so I was matchmaking. Can you imagine matchmaking men and women at a time that I myself was single and people would say, well, what, what do you know about love? What do you know about marriage? If you're not married yourself? And I said, you know what? I'm just really good at spotting who needs to know who I'm insatiably curious and I'm a problem solver and I'm a strategist and let me help you because it's your goal to be married. I know how to help you with your goals. It's not my personal goal, but that's different. And it's funny because I had just as many marriages when I was single as I have when I've been married. So it really didn't affect my job at all. Right. 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 Yes. And when I when I was single, ladies, it was hilarious because I'd be out with, you know, my friends like anybody else trying to meet somebody. And I would tell men what I did for a living. And they'd go, Oh gosh, are you trying to profile me? And <sighs> why are you asking me all these questions? Do you want me to be a client? And my response was, you know, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy <laughs> asking him to love her. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And I thought it was interesting. And I started kind of following that track, which is why is curiosity so often misunderstood? You know, if you're Mm -hmm. curious about people, suddenly you're flirting. If you're curious about people, suddenly you have an edge or a, you know, a a goal or motivation, you're nosy. And I really embraced that. And so I found my career there. And then when I met my husband and I told him what I did for a living, he was excited. He loved what I did. Still does to this day. Well, I bet so you that's guys kind of have great I... pillow talk too. I mean, right? Like, <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I have to be so private about my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hired by top CEOs, some celebrities, people that are known in their community, and I have to be quiet about it. And sure. thank God, my husband doesn't actually pry. On a side note, he's my CFO of my company, and he's been my business partner in Level, which is another story. But he doesn't say what happened today. Or what did that client say? It's not really his thing. He doesn't have that same insatiable curiosity that I do. So therefore, I get to kind of focus on my business. I get to keep everything really tight and private, which used to bother me. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of like it, right? So he, I, I, I once said to a therapist friend of ours, I'm like, you know, shouldn't I be having that pillow talk with my husband? And that I, the thing that I get for everybody else. And someone said to me, a very wise person said, you do that all day long, April. Isn't it nice to have the break? Because all day as a matchmaker and as a coach, because I also have a coaching business, I am diving into the deepest waters. I am helping people with pain and suffering and disappointment and loss Mm. and restructuring their lives. And so you have to kind of take on a lot emotionally. Mm -hmm. And so at night, I get to kind of just be in a different space 
base. And so I think it's like any relationship, we have to look at the good. We have to look at what we've been offered instead of trying to make it different than what it is. Gotcha. Yeah. Very, very good point. I know I've, I've done some reading on you and I think you touched on something that your career is encompassing and you're, you said you're doing coaching, but you love that you said a matchmaker is equal parts being an agent, a confidant, a private investigator, a marketer, mother, life coach, and best friend. And I thought that summed it up so beautifully. And what a what an amazing t- job title, if you want, I, that encompasses <laughs> all those things. It makes you a pretty amazing person, I, frankly. I mean, I want to know that person, right? Aww. So well, I can you. see why you are successful when you take that approach to it and you, you humanize finding helping people find relationships. Thank you. I don't remember when I said that, but I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I must've said that at, at another time, but that makes absolute sense. And, and that's, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Very difficult to describe that to people because they think that matchmakers are, are made alike. You know, we're, we're not, we're all individual people and you bring what you have, you bring your own toolbox to any profession. And there are people that are great at it and there are people that aren't great at their profession, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody, if they're looking for a matchmaker, they do have to find the one person that reflects more of who they are, more of their fabric, their values. Because if my clients don't see the values that I have and how I choose and lead my own life, we're not going to work. We're not going to be successful. We're not going to have that outcome we're all wanting. Um, So it's an individual inside job, I think. Um, And I love it. I 22 years later, I I must be crazy or I still love it because I'm still here. So let's do this. I think, you know, someone who's been in a long-term relationship, can we break down, there's matchmaking, there's the online dating component. And and I know you've got a platform that is a little bit about that, but can you kind of give us like the look of it? If I'm newly single and I'm weighing my options to find a date or a relationship, what does that look like to me? Well, I think before anybody does anything about how to solve the problem of I want a relationship, not enough time is spent on who am I, mm-hmm. you know, how do I want to be seen in the world? What do I need? What am I taking from this last relationship? What did I learn? Really doing that deep dive and self-exploration first, and also understanding your market. Where do you live? How old are you? What's the crowd that you want to be part of? Because every app is going to give you a different crowd, even though some of them are owned by the same companies. And then with matchmaking, I say tread lightly. You know, I decided to only work for men because I ran a business where we had women and men clients and there was a disparity, right? There was a 70-30 ratio of women to men. So if you had come to me all those years ago when I was running that agency, you might've said, oh, April's the one and let me let me buy into this company and have April be my matchmaker. But if I didn't have the right men for you because we had a, a, a smaller list of men, I would have sent you elsewhere. So it really depends on what you want, what you need, what's important to you. I would first start with like, okay, like I need to do a whole kind of deconstruct work on what it is that I am. Because a lot of people will go on an app and expect it to solve their problems, or they'll go to a matchmaker and write a huge check and expect the matchmaker to do all the work. Mm. And the hardest part about matchmaking is we're we're dealing with people that are flawed and imperfect, like all of us. And then they want the impossible. So better to spend time alone. You know, Dr. Phil once said, you have to earn your divorce. 
And what he meant by that, it was on a show that I was on with them. And I think what he meant was you don't earn your divorce because you've been unhappy and you've been complaining or you're lonely. You earn your divorce because you worked on it. So I think coming out of a relationship or a marriage is just really taking the time to do that work before you even think about a dating app. Because the dating apps are the wild, wild west. And if you don't have the right mindset and the right layer of confidence, you're going to get burnt out like everybody does. Everything is going to trigger you, impact you. And then the matchmaking space is even more interesting because then you're really investing monetarily in something that pretty much industry-wide is very expensive to do. And if it doesn't come back to you and you've paid a pretty penny for it, talk about a mixed bag right. of emotions. Yeah, it just, it just compounds how you're feeling. You're already feeling down and lonely, and now you just put in a lot of money, and you're still feeling down and lonely. <laughs> I think you make a very good point, and I think anytime you come out of a a bad situation, that's the first thing I think we we need to do is is self reflect, and not necessarily what did I do wrong. Hopefully, we're open to how we can better ourselves in all ways, but really just then evaluating it from there. And I think a lot of us fall short in being able to being willing to put, look at ourselves in that way or put that mirror up and ask those hard questions of ourselves to do the work to move on. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, I was on a session today and I was asking this woman what her values were and she had all, I call them hair on fire questions, right? How do I do this? How do I know if I'm selling, um, settling? How do I know if I'm cutting out too soon? If I'm being too picky? Oh my gosh, I'm 42. What am I going to do? I need to choose. I, what I did was I asked for her strengths. I asked for where her confidence is. I asked for the values. And then I said, what are the weaknesses? And what was interesting is that her weaknesses aren't actually weaknesses. They're actually part of what makes her amazing. Mm -hmm. So it's not just what did I do wrong? What did I learn? It's about who am I? Who was I long before I met my ex? Who was I when I was a little person, when I was a little girl? What did I dream of? What was I admired for? What was I admonished for? That actually is more of our truth than where we are today, because that core person is still here. And so really it's okay. When I met this person, I was looking for family. I was looking for security. I was looking for somebody to take care of me. Now I'm an empowered 50 something and my need list is different. It's been updated. Um, So it isn't just forgiving yourself and forgiving your partner. It's like, okay, this is a new chapter. Mm -hmm. What do I want now? What reflects my values? How do I want to live my life? And so it's a nice place to be in your second chapter because you get to design it exactly the way you want. So instead of being feeling like it's a hardship and something you have to do to get to the other side of a relationship, it's kind of fun to think, wait a minute, I don't need kids. I don't need a roof over my head. I've got that. I've got enough money. Now I want to build something shoulder to shoulder with somebody. And it's a different, it's a different ask than it was 20, 30 years ago. So I look at it as, Hey, lucky you, because <laughs> yeah. you literally do not have to settle at all. Well, I think you make a really good point. Reflecting back on that childhood, the dreamer, mm-hmm. the, the the kind of innocence of our self-identities, right? Mm-hmm. And flash forward to, you know, now we've got some road behind us and a different lens and a different perspective. And it is really a great opportunity. And, and I honestly never... F- thought of it that way, that just saying, okay, I, I've got a blank canvas. I'm going to go back to that little girl and all those ideals mm-hmm. that I once had, because now I have the luxury of maybe 
embracing and taking on a whole new set of goals and adventures with someone new. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when you go to the gym and somebody's making you work out harder, you're in a class and they say, you don't, you don't have to work out. You get to work out, you know, and <laughs> it, it is true, right? If you get to date, if you get to, to, and by the way, there is no such thing as starting over. There's continuing, right. like you said, which is, you know, this is the knowledge that you've gained. You're seasoned. You're a, you don't have to become a better dater. You already have relationship skills. You've probably been in a long marriage. You've, you've raised children. You've had a business. You've worked for people. You've worked with people. That's all relationship skills. So nobody has to be confused or caught up in the, the chaos, right? And the despair of, oh my gosh, I've got to quote, get back out there because there is no get back out there. And to say that to yourself is actually, I don't know about you guys, but that scares the, you know, what out of me to say, I got to get back. That sounds like you're in space. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. That's scary. It is scary. There's no many, such thing. No, there isn't. And how many times have I, I know I've done it. Have you ever thought, oh man, you'll be somewhere and you'll see a lot of single women and at a, at a, gathering place and you think I just would die if I had to be in that situation again that would be so intimidating and so hard and I I don't know I've thought that and I thought oh just I hope I'm I'm never in that position to be single again because that would be in not a place where I'd want to be and I know many women have said that I don't envy that at all and so it's nice to hear you talk about relationships and talk about it in a way of more of a personal space as opposed to getting back out there. And it, it changes the whole lens. I love that. Well, well, getting back out there is, is it just sounds like a heavy lift. Doesn't it, it is like just yeah. that, that yeah. sentence alone, like scares me, but I, you know, I got married later in life. You guys, I, I met my husband when I was 38 and it's because I was in the background and, and career of matchmaking. Cause I saw I saw the mistakes early on, you know, I saw people coming to me post-divorce and having to reinvent and find their second chapter. And I thought, wow, like if I'm going to be someone's wife, I better put my big girl panties on. And mm -hmm. I wanted to be that. I wanted to be that woman. I wanted to be deeply rooted in the career I was going to have. I wanted to be actualized. I wanted to be my own person. And right around 36, 37, I really came into that woman. And a year or two later, I meet my husband. So there is that. And yet I've often told people, if God forbid my husband left me tomorrow, I'd be okay. I know I would. And maybe it's because in my business, there's always another train at the station. I have heartbreak on a Friday and by Monday, they're out on a date going, wow, April, I felt like I was 15 again. This is an amazing person. I didn't know this was possible. So maybe because of this background of career, it doesn't scare me. I would be okay. And I know my husband would be okay too. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't blame. I wouldn't go into chaos. I wouldn't hide. I'd probably most likely I'd kind of just start getting back into my dating again, because dating is relating. Dating is just being with people. And I love being with people. So why would I take that away from me to choose time alone to bury myself under the covers for a few years? That's not doing the work, right? So right. I, I look at it as a fun adventure. And if the mindset of dating was, I get to get out and meet new people. I get to make some new friends. I'm not going to take, I'm going to take my eye off the focus of the outcome. I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to dive into this curiosity. I'm going to let go of any preconceived ideas. And I'm going to be there to learn and grow and reveal and share. 
and I'm okay if it doesn't come toward me. That's a difficult place to get to because that requires massive confidence. Yeah. Right. Oh. Confidence and 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 faith, faith that it's going to happen. You are not destined to be alone. Amen. A couple things I have questions about. One is, um, in, and confidence is a huge one. How much, if you're working with someone or in your experience and they're on a second relationship and maybe they're in that 10 times four or five-ish arena, sex and like friendship pressure. I think that the whole world of sex and what that looks like as someone who's been maybe in a relationship long-term and has kids and then their friend group. And the pressure of introducing someone or coming clean with, I'm dating someone. How does that all factor into here? Again, every, to me, everything goes back to like five foundational elements that we can pull from. So I could problem solve with somebody and say, here's what you say to your friends. But to me, it's like a quick fix. The bigger question is, what do you want to share with your friends? What do you want to say to the person who's pressuring you? What do you want? I'll, I can package it for you, right? Because I think of myself, people will call me a dating a dating and relationship coach, but really what I do is build confidence and communication skills because it doesn't matter where you're using this stuff. If I don't feel pressure because I know exactly what I want and what's important to me and um, how I want to be respected. So if I'm in a community and I'm kind of on my second chapter and you're getting pressure from friends, well, who are you dating? And are you getting back out there? Where is the confidence within yourself to say, thank you so much, Kathy, Bob, Stephanie. <laughs> I really, I really appreciate your care and concern. I'm kind of going on a journey. And when I meet somebody that's really fantastic that I want you to hear about, I promise you, I will come and share it with you. Until then, can you kind of give me some space and some respect? I just need a little privacy right now as I move into this new space in my life. Is that okay? Bob, Tracy, Stephanie, Mark, you know, you really have to speak up in the best way. Remember when we were little girls and our parents used to say, well, if Jeannie told you to jump off a bridge, would you yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no, exactly. And just, right? Ask for yeah. the space. Oh, I love that. Just and really setting our boundaries within, you know, training our environment, if you will. Yeah. Right. And are you talking about, are you talking about pressure about sex? Like on a well, date? No, Is I that... think it's, and, and it's funny. We've had a couple guests and they have talked about dating and sex after 50 and it, and it's fascinating, but I do think that, you know, it's like taking out the classic car for a drive. It's been in the garage for maybe, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Intimidating to do, to yeah, have like, sex for the first time oh gosh. after. Okay. Yeah. Like, like where you're, you know, I mean, I, I think sex is a huge part of intimacy and relationships and I'm just, you know, does that make sense? Like, I mean, yeah, you're looking for friendships and uh, companionship, but now all of a sudden you have the opportunity to make out with someone and, you know, do the, the spontaneous things that maybe you don't do as much when you've been married for 20 plus years. Yeah. That's why I say you can't have a complete departure. You can't say, okay, I was in a stable relationship. I wasn't doing any flirting because the only person I could flirt with was my partner. And then I go to work and I certainly can't flirt there. So now I got to just be this different person. Or I'm an introvert. Now I've got to be an extrovert. It's too much of a U-turn. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what we have to do is we have to baby step this and we have to think, okay, what are the skills I already have 
that I've used or used in my marriage or used as being a mother or father? And how am I going to continue those? Where do I already speak up in my life? Because I am hearing that a lot. Women are saying, well, gosh, these guys want an instant relationship that you meet, or they want sex on the second night. And some women have just succumbed to that because they felt like, well, I guess that's how it's done nowadays. Right. You know, we have technology that has advanced how we connect, but people are still people. And what inspires safety and what inspires chemistry and romance is the same. It's not, it's no different. And the good news is the men that I talk to that are in their fifties and sixties, they're saying things to me in confidence, like, you know, 30 years ago or 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have wanted to date multiple people now that I'm out of my marriage, but I don't want that now. I, I really want the connection. I want the intimacy before we have sex. So if you're getting pressured, it's the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. say, let's say one of my things, I came to you guys and I said, you guys be my matchmaker. I really need somebody who's very self-aware and considerate. And then I came to you the next day and I met a man and I said, he really pushed me. He pushed me for sex. He was impatient. And he was like, come on, this is what people are doing now. How do I fix that? How do I talk to this guy? What would you tell me? You'd say, weren't you looking for somebody, April, that was very present and patient and self-aware? Is this guy being present, self-aware and patient? No, then that's no. your answer, that right? That's your answer, yeah. So, so I don't know why as and again, I think because women, we're all problem solvers, right? And we're all nurturers. I don't know why we take information and then try to make it different or better as opposed to just walking based on the treatment, based on the pressure. So it isn't so much that you're feeling pressure because it's new. Mm-hmm. You're feeling pressure because it's not organic. It doesn't feel right. And it's your instincts that are talking, not your fear. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That was good. <laughs> that is so spot on. And it's all it's all emotion based. And this is all relationship based. And as you're talking, I'm listening to you and thinking, I'm married. How can I I mean this this is all just fundamental relationship connections. And how do I make sure that I don't end up having to look for someone new and apply what you're saying to a current, my current marriage to ensure that I'm doing, cause you said, Oh, I don't, I can't flirt. Why can't I flirt with my husband? I should be flirting with him still to this day or still having date night or whatever. So it's really human connection in any situation you're in, whether you're married or you're single, right? I'm going to second that. You know, men and women change over time and your relationship changes. And we're we're about ready to come empty nesters. And we've had these dialogues about what are are the things that I want to accomplish and um, I want to do in my life now that I have the disposable time and, and all of that going on. And how do I connect with my husband? And so he's on the same page with me. Like maybe we don't have to do everything together, but there's a level of respect where he has... I'm going to respect that you want to do these things and you need to respect the fact that I have these goals in my life now that I have the ability to accomplish them. So I think it's, it's kind of looking at reassessing the whole picture, right? Yes. And I love, yes, I love everything that both of you just said. And Lisa, when you said, why can't I? And that's the problem with people saying, I've got to get out there and do something different. It's because they weren't doing it within the context of their previous. And so Yeah. I, you know, (laughs) the reason why I'm fearless about if I had to start again is because I'm already doing those things every day. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. lucky me, I get to be in a business where I interview men. And so I don't take the 
the flirty April out of the equation when I'm talking to a male client, because I don't, I don't care how he perceives it. I care how I am, which is, I want to be authentic. I want to be warm. I want to be inquisitive. I want to be complimentary. That's just natural for me. If someone else says, Ooh, that's, that's too much. That's their problem, not mine. So the reason why it would be an easy entrance is because I'm already doing it. So if you want to make sure that your relationship not only survives, but thrives, you have to think about it as we're still dating. Mm -hmm. And then you have to, like, I think every marriage has to have a, a contract renewal, not a let's get married again, but like, really like, okay, this was good for you 10 years ago. <clears throat> what is good for you today? Ding, ding. What do you oh, need? Yeah. How, how can I, how can I make your life better? How yeah. have your values changed since we got married? What's changed with us now that we're empty nesters, what's the dream? You know, oftentimes people will give their partners for Mother's Day, like, oh, let's all go to brunch or Father's Day. Like, let's let's do something with dad. When you talk to people, most moms and dads want to spend the day alone. But we do we do the, the let's all get together thing. But the gift is sometimes don't give people what you want to give them. Give them what they want and need. You could like be more aware to say, you know what? You need a day off. Yeah. You need a day. I just bought my husband for his birthday. I just bought him sailing lessons. I thought, what can we do together? Where can we go together? What kind of trip can we take? I was like, no, he needs the gift of being alone right now away from me. Yeah. I talk a lot, you know, yeah. I'm a lot. So <laughs> I gave him the gift of alone time to feel the wind in his face. And you should have seen him when I gave him that gift. He was like, wow, that's really, that's really cool. A whole weekend to myself and being out on that boat. So that's part of it. And for, you know, and, and remembering that we're still sensual, sexy beings. And as we go on in marriage, it's an intellectual, emotional connection that's creating the sexiness. It isn't the rip your clothes off stuff as it once was. It's something deeper. Yeah. And a lot of people leave their marriages because they think that's gone or the kids are out of the nest and they think there's nothing there to glue them together anymore. And what needs to happen is just a renewal, not a let's cut and run. Type of right, thing. right. I was talking to a neuro uh, a neuroscientist friend of mine, and he said, uh, "In neuroscience, it's it's the element of surprise, right? So when we're married for a long time, we forget to surprise, mm -hmm. we forget to compliment one another. So if we know that the brain chemistry as we get older changes, why wouldn't we fill it with the dopamine and all of those things that we need that keep us invested and interested?" Because we become habit with one another. So let's break up the habit and do not just like date night. That's easy. It's the, how can I surprise, slip a note in the person's purse or in their briefcase or write something on the mirror, you know, do things that are not in your normal pattern because I think the brain needs it. It's intention, doing it with intention and making the other person feel that you you know, giving a compliments are important, but sometimes we get rote with them. I was like, oh, honey, you look nice today or whatever. But taking the intention to leave that little note or put it on the mirror, like you said, that shows a level of thought and, and effort that makes us feel special. And that's what happens in dating. So I think we're at such an age where there are people that are you know, have moved on, but there are people that still have a chance. And sometimes I just think if we can, we can remind ourselves what, what feels good to us. It also feels good to our partners too. And that intention is, is key. I mean, yeah. And it's really good to understand that your partner isn't going to give you everything. So you better right. fill your cup. You better right. fill your yeah. cup with your community, your friends, your interests, your passions, so that you're not 
decimated and devastated because your partner isn't your end all. Yeah. And I love yeah. what you said about the contract. I ha- It's so funny. I have a good friend. She's always the person I go to for kid advice or whatever, because her kids are older and she's 10 years older than me. And she has said for years, you have to renegotiate the contract. You have to sit down and say, okay, where are we now? We're at a different stage of life. And you like, I thought I was talking to her. It's so mm-hmm. true. And I love that phrase. Thank you for, for hitting on that. That's it's so true. We're not the same people we were when we first got married. So right, and if and if you have a partner that doesn't want to grow and move forward, that's a that's the problem. Is that is that there's too many people that are in relationship with somebody. And there's one person blocking. There's one mm. person that's saying, "I don't want to be curious. I don't want to re- renew. I don't want to do anything different. I don't want to change. I don't want to shift." That's the hard part. Yeah. Right. Because if you have a teammate who says, okay, we can, we can try that. But also to, to me, whether you're in a marriage or you're single, we expect a lot. We, we say the words like, I deserve love. I deserve to have attention. I deserve to be happy. I have a right to, if we can change that narrative and start saying, I need these things because, you know, and then we can back it up with our why that's a different narrative. But this whole thing of like, I deserve to be happy. Instead of thinking, wait a minute, what inspires this person to be attracted to me? What inspires this person to bring me flowers? What inspires this person to walk up behind me and kiss me on the neck in the kitchen while I'm making coffee? What inspires this person to ask me out again? Oftentimes we forget to reverse engineer things. We're only looking at it from our own lens of like, well, I want, and how come I'm not getting, right? How come I'm not getting love? It's like, wait a minute, I have to inspire it. Yeah. And that's the that's the dive, right, that we all need to do in mm-hmm. marriage or out of marriage. Yeah. Couple things. One is it's very frustrating for me as a woman when women expect for their children or their spouse to provide their happiness. I feel like that is taking the pressure because I think I feel like you have to to some degree own your happiness and work towards it. It doesn't just land in your lap. I mean, you know, every once in a while something magical will happen and, and serendipitously. But I think, feel like happiness is something you work towards and it's ever elusive because it ebbs and flows. But I feel like the, the people that are expecting those in their nuclear family or extended family to be the providers of that happiness is a lot of pressure. So that's the first thing. Second thing is on the contract is I kind of gone through that where my husband and I are very different places in our lives and we do want very different things out of, you know, maybe let's say the next 10 years, if we do a 10 by 10 contract, right? <laughs> and I, it, it was probably the most powerful discussion because I was listening to him saying, well, I don't, I don't need to do that. Or that's not going, you can go do that. Like I, he was giving me license to do the things that were making me happy. And I was giving him the license to opt out because it wasn't really, he had grown out of those things. If that makes sense. It was a very, very powerful discussion of the give and takes of an arrangement. Yeah. I mean, I think we've been sold a bill of goods, right? We've been sold this concept that, you know, the kids are going to grow up and they're going to be out of the house. And suddenly you're going to come together and do everything together. But everybody's forgetting that, you know, like you said, your husband shifted a little bit or things he wanted early on. He doesn't need those now. And instead of being afraid and trying to control things and go, no, we have to do these things together. I love that you're saying, okay, you have the option to opt out. And it doesn't mean that there isn't love. It doesn't mean that there isn't connection. And if we really operate from a place of not to get airy fairy, but (laughs) if if we operate from a place of faith, 
that's when we're happiest because it means we're not controlling. When we're trying to control, that's when we're upset and unhappy and out of alignment. So the idea of, okay, I want to go do these things. My husband or my partner doesn't want to. So you go, oh, my marriage must be over because we're not connecting anymore on our likes. Instead of having faith of, wait a minute, what if this happens where I then go on this trip or I do these things? And maybe a year from now, my partner starts to really, really miss me and starts to say, I want to come with you next time. I want to do tennis with you. I want to go to that opera with you. But we never, we never give the relationship enough air to find out because we're so afraid that it's not going to be what we want. So we're 20 steps ahead of ourselves trying to fix the future instead of just going, hey, this is all going to shake out as it should. And I just need to chill out and relax right now and do what I want to do and do what fills my cup. Because when my cup is filled, I'm more attractive, I'm sexier, I'm happier, I'm more alluring. And that's how we inspire people to want to be with us. Not because we complain and whine. I don't know about you two, but anytime I've actually asked my husband for more attention, it backfires. (laughs) (laughs) It backfires. But what I do is I go, I I inspire the attention. Can I share share something really cute? Yes, absolutely. So this is really embarrassing. So- I, I just had some like little health challenges over the last couple of months and I fell down on a flight of stairs and I broke a toe. So I haven't been able to work out and I haven't been feeling the same way about my body. And of course I'm like, you know, it feels, makes you feel insecure. You're not having, you know, you're, you're not the same. Right. So instead of saying, do you still think I'm sexy? Do you still think I'm pretty? You know, which never gets me anywhere. It actually irritates my husband because he, that's a no win answer for these, (laughs) these men or partners. It's a no win because he married me because I was confident, right? So if I lose my confidence, I lose the attraction. And so this, I think it was, was it this morning? Instead of me hiding my body, whatever, um, he was saying goodbye and he was going to take the dogs for a walk. And I was still in my little, you know, delightful thing from the morning, if you will. (laughs) And I did this kind of like joke, kind of like, um, I don't know, uh, like almost like a little, a little stripperish, like where I kind of made this dance move and everything. And my husband literally dropped the dog, dog leashes and just like (laughs) toward me. Like, yeah, he was, he was like, you're so hot. You're so beautiful. And, and it was really just a little playful thing that I did. And it was, it made me laugh. So when he walked out the door to walk the dog, I went, God, these guys are so easy. They're so easy. I didn't have to beg for anything. I didn't have to, I didn't have to be in lack and that's, that's not sexy. So that's what I mean by reverse engineering everything, right? It's like inspire the action. Don't ask for the action. Yes. And life would be a lot easier. Exactly. (laughs) Tap into that desire. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is kind of an unusual question, but I'm sure you get it all the time. The past three years, with the landscape of, of dating and matchmaking and, you know, we got this cloud over us of the pandemic. Have to, how are things changed? Has that really affected how people re-engage or, or engage in new relationships? Yeah. It, um, yeah. At the top of COVID a few years ago, everybody went into panic, right? It was, I can't meet anybody. So everybody put their, their dating on hold, their searches with me on hold. And then men, by the way, more so than women, came out of hiding about three months in and said, I can't take it. I can't take it. I don't care, April, if you introduce me to somebody out of state. I just want to connect. I don't care if it's Zoom or phone the whole time. So that went on for about three months. 
Then we learned that men had a very difficult time sustaining relationships through Zoom and phone because men like to be physical. They like to be in person with us, right? That's how they feel their value. That's why a lot of women feel forced into sex is because I think men need uh, the sexual physical contact to feel close and women need the emotional to get closeness physically. So men were spinning at the top of all of this. So I kind of got to watch sort of the evolution and what was going on and the ebb and the flow. Then I also got excited and I started teaching women um, in that first year, I started teaching a course because everybody wanted to do a kind of like a, a setback on, okay, what are my values? Like if I'm going to, there's going to be a global pandemic again, who do I want to be in the foxhole with? So people started becoming more and more selective, putting up with less stuff, which is good. Right. But in another way, it made people kind of more laser focused on the one, like a, a more panic. And so yeah. I'm seeing this like panic and this fear and the scarcity of, wait a minute, I got to solve this. I got to be with the one. And that's never a good thing. But at the beginning, I thought, hey, in everything, there's a gift. And right now mm-hmm. people are going to re- reevaluate what's important to them. Great. Right. So our spending habits are different. My spending habits are different. So I have seen all of it and I think it's going to continue to shift, but people got used to being at home. Mm. And so even though restaurants and bars and everything is open again, there's not the same desire to go out and meet someone face to face, like how we used to. Um, So it takes something more if we're going to be out in person. So it's kind of a mixed bag. The reason why yeah. my, my answer is kind of confusing That's really is because yeah. it's yeah. a lot. I find that lot. very fascinating. And almost like they're, if, if I'm going to make the effort to go out, it has to be the perfect person. And they maybe aren't as open to, you know, a selection, right? Is that what you're trying to say Yeah, back myself? in the day. Yeah, back in the day of the, you know, covered wagons, if I put a date together and it, and let's just say it was great, it just wasn't chemistry. People took it in their stride. They let it roll off their back. Now it's like, well, it's like, it's just this explosion. It's like, well, the day didn't go well. Okay, well, let's unpack this. You know, what did you like about the person? Um, We find that there's more that they liked about the person than they didn't like about the person. Mm -hmm. And they're throwing out the baby with the bathwater because there wasn't there wasn't this like forever chemistry, but my thought is, wait a minute. Did you have a nice time? Did you go home with a smile on your face? Right. Did you feel like you just met somebody new and interesting? Were you mistreated? No. You know, it just wasn't for you. Why is that? Why is that tapping into you? Why is that triggering you? Why are you so upset over right. something that you just went and maybe it's not your guy or maybe it's not your girl, but you had an okay time. Why is that a bad thing? Why are you mad at that friend who set you up? Why are you mad at that matchmaker? Why are you mad at that dating app instead of just taking it in your stride? And it's because we're still under this pressure. I think we all have a general malaise of slight depression right now and anxiety, and there's so much going on. And we have to recognize that and embrace that so that when we are triggered or disappointed or the other person is pushing us or not behaving well, We have to first just pause for a second and go, wait a minute, can I give myself a little grace or can I give this person a little grace because they were flustered or they were nervous, they were talking too much. Just before you make a decision, just breathe, (laughs) right? Because it it is true. People are on high alert right now for everything and it's impacting the dating space. 
it's impacting just uh, how we relate to other humans, right? Yep. And I forget where you said it, but the list, when you talk about, you know, and I think this goes for relationships too that we're in, like not just in kind of the dating realm of things, but the danger of creating a list of what you're looking for or what, because I do think the couple friends and, and people that I know, and my sister included, she's now since married, but she had her unspoken list. And if they that individual didn't check each box and I would I would say to her, well, like, God, no one, no one's gonna meet this list. It's like an Atlas Shrug novel. This is like it's like a you know, multi-volume. But so yeah. talk about that because I think we do get in the habit of critiquing people based on these assumptions that they have to have a check mm-hmm. next to that that human asset. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're matchmaking, you're not just listening to someone's wish list. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of that's why I was able to develop an algorithm. You're thinking of compatibility. It isn't apples to apples, oranges to oranges. And what people don't do when they create those long laundry lists is they don't go, who's looking for me? Mm-hmm. What are my failings? Where are my blind spots? Who benefits from being with someone exactly like me? That's a better list. Yeah. Right. Instead, it's like it's it's outward direction as opposed to inward direction. And the problem with the list is that, like you said, they're so long that it's impossible to fill it. A list is good if it's tight, it's short, and it's meaningful, and it helps you stay on course. If it's more of a compass as opposed to a rule book. And anything that's on a list that is superficial, it's got to go. It's got to go. It doesn't mean you're not going to get it. It just means you're not going to get it unless you have these things. So if, if height is on your list, it's got to go. Does height keep you warm at night? When people say, I need somebody well-traveled, well, that doesn't really make them a better partner or lover, does it? It just makes them well, well-traveled. Right. So in, instead, ask yourself, why do you need somebody who's well-traveled? Yeah. Is it, what are, the, what, are the, right? what are the traits that go with somebody who's well-traveled? I would say people who are well-traveled are curious, mm-hmm. they're adventurous. Mm-hmm. So take the well-traveled and where, have you, where did you go in Paris? Take that off your list and say, Am I, looking, I want somebody who has a sense of curiosity about life. Oh my god. If it's yeah. right? That's, yes. that's, that's, that's beautiful. I absolutely. love that. Yeah. And and it's funny you Does say that because me? I met someone that is single and and she's a lot younger than me, 38, and one of her things is that it's the height. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you said that because she's like, Oh, it's either it's gotta be tall. And I'm like, you know, okay. <laughs> is she tall? Is she tall? Not really. I don't know. So See, it's like, it's, if you say like, I'm five ten and I, I love my heels because I feel alive in high heels, then yeah, you probably are going to need somebody with substantial height. But if you like height because it makes you feel feminine, it makes you feel protected. It makes you feel like you're with a strong guy. You have a job to do. You have a job of re- redefining what protection and masculinity looks and feels like because there's a lot of tall guys that look big and strong and they cannot protect you because they're narcissistic or they're an avoidant right so redefine why you're asking these things if you can't back it if you were sitting down with me and you gave me your list i would make you back up every single thing that's on your list and justify it and it better pass the smell test otherwise it's got to go like, yeah. that's just how i am yeah. right yep yes um, All right. Well, well, tell us about level yeah. and how someone you comes to you and, and approaches and uses level. Tell us about that. So it's interesting because 
when I first created Level, it was to bridge the gap between dating apps and personal matchmaking because the dating apps were creating way too much chaos. It's a free market, uh, too much ghosting, lack of accountability. And then matchmaking, although can be wonderful, was so exclusive that it was excluding too many people. It's cost prohibitive for most. And I really just wanted to create a better way so that I could scale, serve more people. And then as we were kind of talking it as a product, it was confusing people. People were thinking, well, is it a dating app? It's still a matchmaking company. It's just, I have created uh, AI and technology to support us, to support us internally, to free us up to do what we do best. The onboarding, how a woman comes into our network. It's not the old days of go sit down at, you know, Starbucks with April and an interview with April for two hours, because those days are gone. I'm not, I'm not available for that anymore. And, and that actually limited the amount of relationships and dates and marriages I could put together. So if a woman comes to us, it's a free thing for her. It's like getting a free lottery ticket. There's an application process after she gets uh, approved to come into our network. She goes through a dynamic questionnaire that people have been calling the Myers-Briggs for the heart because it actually is dynamic in nature and mimics my interview process so that while she's filling out these, these questions and it's not, I'm sorry, responding to the questions, it's getting her to feel something. So Mm -hmm. I've, it's a proprietary process Mm -hmm. that I call EVT emotional value trigger, because when I have interviewed people over two decades, I would notice that the questions I would ask would trigger an emotion. And then my next question would be based on that emotion that they just gave me. And if I can't, find 150 Aprils, then I was going to put my mind into the technology to be as close to me as you could get. And then after that, there is a self-guided interview process. So from the comfort of someone's own home, they don't have to, you know, drive across town to meet with the matchmaker. It's like, just turn on your camera. It's private. It goes into our, our profile so that we can meet you. And these just questions pop up. You know, what, what makes you an amazing partner? What do you need today? What do you love about your career? What's going on in your life? And that's our meeting. And for the men, men are the clients. So women get to join us for free. Um, There's no financial contract or obligation and men apply for membership. And of course we spend a little bit more time with the men because we want to make sure that these are men that we want to go to bat for and to, Mm -hmm. to work with. And then we're setting up dates based on the kind of the, the results we're getting, we see, we oversee the technology. We're just looking at things from a different perspective than, say, a big giant database. We're not typing in, I want five, two to five, eight blonde San Diego. We're not doing that. Mm. We're basing it on attributes, goals, and values. It's a values based process that we follow. So we want to change the way dating is done by saying, date through your values first, get rid of everything else get rid of all of these like rules and regulations you give yourself and your list and just go with these core fundamental values and date, date, meet these people, give us feedback. And then we apply that feedback to the next match and the next batch. But at this point, level is still a male driven business model. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because I want to free women up from hunting for love. I don't want women to think that they've got to throw money at finding a guy it, it changes the core of women where we need to be is in that powerful receiving space, noticed when you're being noticed, right? Putting up a great bio and beautiful photos and trusting and having faith that the right person is going to see it, whether it's me or my team or somebody online. So that's what I've done. It's really still a service mm-hmm. with support 
and the leveraging of tech because it's made my business run that much better. Wow, that's wow. awesome. That's pretty impressive. Impressive. Now, can women, they, you have other services like coaching and, and other things that they can maybe connect with you on as opposed to just being part of the interview process through level? Mm-hmm. Is that something mm-hmm. they can? Yeah. Yeah. Twice a month, I make myself available to do strategy sessions. Um, so what my coaching clients do is they start with a 90 minute strategy session. And it really is just that where we kind of unpack a few things and I want to get make sure that by the end of that meeting, there are um, there's a there's a map there's a map for them to begin to follow, and only then will I work with women um, and men in okay. that ninety day process of kind of guiding them and supporting them. So that's that's what that's where I begin I with see. with people. Yeah. Okay. All right. So where can people find you? Level like the whole nine. Yes. Uh, level is just going to levelconnections.com. And there is a way to come into our network and apply and be part of us or apply for membership if you're a man. And I love it when people contact me on Instagram, April underscore underscore buyer, B-E-Y-E-R. And uh, there's a link to have a strategy call with me. There's a lot of information there. Uh, I co-host a podcast with Anna Ferris once a month. And what I love about that podcast is we are dealing with a lot of different relationship issues. It isn't dating and relationship. It's everything. And I, I think there's a nugget for everyone. But on my Instagram account, there is a link to book that session with me. And that's where I love it. You know, I'd love to contact me there. That's the best place is just DM me on awesome. Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And it, that podcast is great. It's, it's, it's Uh, juicy. Yeah. We, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It is fun. And she seems like uh, a really good yin to your yang. Thank you. Yeah. I love, I love working with her. I really do. It feels well, much like this, you know, Mm -hmm. it feels like your friends talking and, and uh, I think it's very helpful to a lot of people uh, as you do, you know, what you do is it's fun you know, I had a teacher that once said, open up their mouths with laughter and shove in the truth. Yeah. I love oh how my you God, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you guys have so much fun, but everything you're talking about is is rich in content and meaningful and super helpful to people. So thank you. Thank well, you. Thank you. Yes. No, All right. Are you I, I do this. I don't I didn't warn her about this one. But what? are you ready to be put in the hot seat? I, I do a little lightning round. At the end of the episodes. Okay. And I thought, given the fact that I'm a neophyte as it relates to these dating apps, but I've heard enough. So I'm going to give you, it's called, we're going to do the round called One Word. Okay. I'm going to spit out a name of an app and then you're going to give me your one word. And I want it to be really authentic. Just blurt it right out. Okay. Right. Yes. Raya. Superficial. Okay. (laughs) Hinge. Uh, it's a one dimensional. One dimensional. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Bumble. Ugh. Sex. Frustrating. Okay. Frustrating. Frustrating. E-harmony. Boring. <laughs> Vanilla. Okay. Tinder. Hookup. Ooh, I thought that was Bumble, but okay. Match. Isn't that the OG homie of it all? Match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the word? Is it a phrase? One one size fits all. Irrelevant. Oh no, not irrelevant. No. Hairball. Steady. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Last one, and I just can't get over this name. Coffee meets bagel. Inconsequential. Okay. Mm. Not yeah, an right? adult. 
Not yeah. Until, no. yeah, what is that? Is that a, like a millennial thing or? There's no men on that. No, oh, I wouldn't. Okay. No. Oh, there's no, no men on that. So is it? No, not really. No, no. Okay. We have to think in terms of like, what would, who you're looking for, what would they, not what do you want to be on? Because what, you know, right. We've proven that women love pink, right? We like to see pink on packaging. We like yes. to see pink on, on websites. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a website that's filled with like hearts and flowers and love and weddings and this and that, that appeals to you as a female, but that's not going to appeal to a guy. Oh, Jesus. Right? So what? <laughs> what's Sorry. that? I don't know, but vibrator. I... No, no, it was, a, it was Billy Squire. Everybody wants you. I don't even know where that came from is on my phone. Your phone's listening to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we always like to end on a little song. We're going to serenade you. You're going to love this. I'm sure she's heard it a time or two Super with her quick. title. And I want you to imagine us in a... With like well, little we're curls. modern day. No? Okay, we'll go back. Yeah, Yenta. Yenta. You, you know where we're going with this? Okay. I'm thinking she's heard this a time or two. Okay, here we go. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a sign. Catch me a catch. Night after night. Oh, all right. This was an amazing interview. Whether you are reevaluating where you are in your life and starting your next chapter, or you're in a, a relationship and you just want to give it some new, fresh life and really look at it with a, a fresh lens, I think. So many people can walk away with some major nuggets of information today. Yeah. And I can't thank you enough. This was yeah. so It great. was really good. And, and April, really unexpected because I went into this with kind of the dating mm-hmm. paradigm. Mm-hmm. And it was so much more than that. So thank you so much yes. because I do think that you gave a lot of just really good you know, general relationship advice. Right. I think our listeners are going to really, really resonate with this. So thank you so much. This has been amazing. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's been so much fun. You make it easy. So I appreciate you both. All right. Well, you have a great one. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, listeners. Adios. Follow us on Instagram at She's a 10 times 5. Click on the link in our bio to listen. You can also find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe. 